Hello and welcome back to Practicing Human, the podcast where every day we're getting a little better at life. I'm your host, Corey Mascara, and in today's episode, we're going to talk about self-esteem. What is it and how to develop it? More to come on that in a moment. First, let's settle in together with the sound of the bells. Okay, so self-esteem, a big buzzword and one that has come under some scrutiny in recent years. All of my thoughts on this topic are influenced almost exclusively by Scott Barry Kaufman's book, Transcend, which I'm going to quote multiple times throughout this episode. uh, As I think it's really interesting research and his thoughts on self-esteem are the best I've seen. And he says that self-esteem is one of the strongest correlates of life satisfaction, although this can differ based on culture. And low self-esteem is one of the biggest risk factors for depression. However, you may hear this and be a little confused, especially in the context of what we know as participation trophy culture, where kids are raised starting really around the 90s, to always feel good about themselves, to not have to endure any failure because they're fragile. And if they don't perceive themselves positively, if they don't have high self-esteem, and then it's going to be hard for them to be successful in the world. And, and we really want to build them up in that way. And the pushback on that has been, well, this has created a culture of kids who become adults who expect everything to go well, and they don't have any resilience. They're very fragile. And so the pushback has been focusing on building self-esteem is a negative thing. However, the, the research that Scott talks about shows that the problem isn't with self-esteem itself, but it's the pursuit of self-esteem. And so the latest research suggests that a healthy self-esteem is an outcome of genuine accomplishment and intimate connection with others and a sense of growing and developing as a whole person. So I really like that. So I'll say it again. The the latest research suggests that a healthy self-esteem is an outcome of genuine accomplishment and intimate connection with others and of a sense of growing and developing as a whole person. So that I can really feel. I, I can sense how... Uh, certain areas of self-esteem that I've developed have come from accomplishment in certain areas and also connection with others and also this ongoing sense that I'm growing and developing and that to me feels inherently positive and I can't imagine anyone trying to instill that in people as being negative I think it's just been the path that we've gone about trying to cultivate that is where there have been some setbacks so let's continue on The research shows that there are two primary components to self-esteem, self-worth and mastery, self-worth and mastery. So in the context of what we just shared about intimate connections and a sense of accomplishment, those things lead to this sense of self-worth 
and mastery. And there are assessments you can use to uh, check what your level of self-worth and mastery are. I'll read some of the questions that Scott mentions in the book for these. So for self-worth, you can ask yourself how much you agree with these statements. I like myself. I am a worthwhile human being. I'm very comfortable with myself. I'm secure in my sense of self-worth. And I have enough respect for myself. And so just notice your relationship to those statements. And then for mastery, it's I'm highly effective at the things I do. I'm almost always able to accomplish what I try for. I perform very well at many things. I often fulfill my goals. And I deal well with challenges in my life. So notice how you feel in relationship to those. I think for most of us, there will be certain ones that we resonate with and other ones where we might go, eh, I feel like I might be lacking in that area. And all of that is okay. In fact, it's often exciting, at least for me, when I see an area that maybe I'm lacking a bit because it shows that wherever I'm at in my life, I now have a bit more of an understanding of what I might need to work on or adjust in order to improve. And as Scott says in the book, regardless of where you currently stand, there's always room for growth. So I love that perspective as well. Now, there's a lot more to each of these that Scott goes through in the book. Self-worth, mastery, and overall the book as a whole is a a great map to make progress in these directions. Uh, I'm going to offer some of my thoughts on each of these and then uh, some follow-ups if you want to take it deeper. So... When it comes to self-worth, you know, the popular narrative these days is not to rely on others for our sense of self-worth and to cultivate that from the inside out. And there's a lot of power to that. And meditation can do that in a deep way. And a lot of different practices that we can do solo can develop this inner sense of groundedness within ourselves, friendship within ourselves that makes us less dependent on other people's approval for our self-worth. But the reality is is that we are we are social creatures, we are social animals, and other people's evaluation of us uh, will always play some sort of role in our perceived well-being and perceived self-worth, which we hope will over time become more internalized and then subsequently we're less dependent on others. But According to the research, this does not ever go away, even when we do have a high sense of self-worth. Now, there's a lot to say around developing self-worth, and I can't go into all of it, uh, my own personal thoughts around it, but I'll give you two things to consider. The first is loving-kindness meditation, which is something that you can do on your own. What this will really help do is develop a friendship with yourself. What loving-kindness meditation entails is uh, instead of focusing on your breath or some other object of awareness, you're repeating phrases uh, in your own mind. You could think of them as um, good wishes from yourself to yourself. And so you might say, may I be happy, may I be safe, may I be healthy, may I live with ease. And you're feeling the intention behind these phrases and receiving them from yourself. And and what that starts to do is develop this relationship uh, 
with yourself, a, a collaborative relationship, a friendship, you could say, that you get to take with you into your life. And since you do have to go through this life alone, we could have great support and all of that, but you have to experience your thoughts, your emotions, your sensations. This relationship is foundational for everything that you'll perceive outside of you, including the judgments and evaluations of other people. So I think loving kindness is a really strong baseline for, for this sort of self-worth. And the other suggestion involves more what you can do in relationship to other people. And there's two parts to this, one of which you'll probably like, and the other <laughs> might be a little controversial, but um, I think it's an important consideration. And so the one you'll like, most likely, is uh, just if there are people that aren't treating you well or don't value you, don't value your strengths and what you're good at and aren't building you up, then... Uh, then that might be worth uh, assessing and trying to reorganize your social circle uh, in such a way that you're surrounding yourself with people who do value you, who see your strengths. Um, and the reason I say that you probably like that is because there's not much controversial to that. Uh, most of us can get on board with that. It makes sense. You hear this a lot in the personal development world. And, um, and we shouldn't have to be subjecting ourselves to being with other people who don't value who we are. This can get a little complicated, especially if, you know, if we do struggle with self-worth, sometimes we feel like we don't deserve to be with other people and we tend to attract uh, people that reinforce this image of how we perceive ourselves to be. So the loving kindness might be a good start in helping you break that energetic cycle, so to speak, so that you feel like uh, you deserve to be around people that uh, are proud to be with you. And so just assessing your social circle, who are you surrounding yourself with on a regular basis, and how can you start to adjust that um, in order to, uh, to have people that value you. The other thing is, and this one's more controversial, as it relates to your self-worth, sometimes we can have a perceived self-worth when we're around other people that seem to be doing um just so much uh, that are really productive, seem to be really good at things. And so when we're starting out our journey of developing more self-worth, all of these external cues can be constant reminders for us that we're inferior. Now, the reason this is controversial is because a lot of people in the self-improvement, personal development space will tell you, like, surround yourself always with people who are better with better than you. And, you know, I, I get those absolutist statements and, and I sometimes gravitate toward them. I get what they're pointing to. But the reality is, is well-being is complex. And if you're always just surrounding yourself with people who are significantly better than you, then your assessment is most likely going to be like, I have a lot to improve. However, if you're around people that, uh, you know, maybe a couple are better than you and a couple are not as skilled as you in something, then you'll feel like your talent and skill is on par with those around you. And so we, we can't deny the reality of this. It's why so many kids are struggling with social media these days is because they see these influencers that have these wonderful lives and then they look at their own lives and start assessing like, oh, I don't have this, I don't have this much money, look what the Kardashians are doing, look what this YouTuber or TikToker is doing. And you just, you compare, it's, we're social creatures, we, we compare. And it can lead to a, a sense of 
not doing enough and not having a, a high self-worth. One of the greatest gifts my high school guidance counselor gave to me was a suggestion to go to a small school. He saw something in my personality and, and saw that I had this um, inclination to uh, move into leadership positions. Uh, and there was this part of me that liked to be seen and, and really thrived in that uh, space where I could take on leadership positions. And he thought that, that I might get lost in a large school, that there would be uh, so many people doing big things, a large talent pool that my particular strengths might not have been valued. And uh, and so I, I took that encouragement to heart and I appreciated what he said. And I went to a small school that was about 2,000 people that did allow me to build a rich social circle. It allowed me to exercise certain strengths it allowed me to move into leadership positions and uh, really practice using those uh, and get a lot of positive feedback for these roles. Now, that's my particular journey would look different for someone else. But, uh, you know, if I went to a bigger school, I don't know if I could have moved into these positions where I would have gotten the feedback and the sense of self-worth that developed that has now allowed me to move into bigger circles with a more integrated and grounded sense of, of self-worth. So the, the punchy way to put all of this is you might be in a place where you're a big fish in a big pond or a medium-sized fish in a big pond. And it may be worth assessing what is a smaller pond that I can spend some time in as a slightly bigger fish to get a bit more social feedback from other people that feels good and positive and reaffirming. Not that's negative or fake, but just something that gets to remind me that I have these strengths and there's value in me being in the world. And as that starts to get integrated more deeply and strongly, then slowly moving into bigger and bigger ponds. Okay, so I, I don't want to put these words in Scott's mouth. These are my own thoughts on self-worth. Uh, so take them as you will. Hopefully there's some value in that. And then when it comes to mastery, the other dimension of self-esteem, this involves the evaluation of your overall sense of agency. That is, are you an intentional being who can bring about your desired goals by exercising your will? So a healthy self-esteem involves not only liking yourself, but also having an overall feeling that you're a competent human being. And I'll give you two suggestions for uh, starting to make some progress in developing more of a sense of mastery. The first will be a reflection where you look back through your life and evaluate things that you have developed a sense of mastery around. And what was the process of that? Go back to the point where you didn't have that mastery and was it over the course of months, years, decades where you did develop that mastery and what was that process like? What did you have to overcome and where were there points where you had to pull on your agentic self, the part of you that uh, can continue to show up and choose uh, and exercise some will to get through this thing and overcome whatever obstacles were necessary to develop that mastery. That sort of self-reflection will show you that you have this capability and remind you that in the present moment as you're moving into whatever you need mastery for now. Which brings me to the second suggestion, which is to do more and think less. 
when it comes to developing a certain expertise, reaching goals, becoming proficient in something, you have to put in the reps. You just have to anticipate there's going to be failure. It's going to be a struggle. It's going to be uncomfortable at times. Uh, but doing that and getting through that process will be the thing that slowly polishes your rock, so to speak. The grind of that is what eventually gives us the shine. But there's only so much pep talking we can give ourselves, only so many positive affirmations we can do before we just have to get into the uh, arena and be courageous and do, 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 do. I know, I don't sound very mindfulness teacher right now, but doing is a big piece of life. Even in a monastic context, I had to put in my reps with the meditation. Hour after hour, I went in total newbie, not sure what this is, how to do it. Everyone looked so much better than me. I just kept showing up, showing up. I created a a container for myself that made it hard to leave. Went to a monastery halfway around the world, could have done it here in the U.S., Um, went to a place where I couldn't use technology because I knew it was going to be difficult. And I just wanted to commit to that six-month period and make sure I got through it. And then on the other side, I I knew something special would come out of it. And by the end, uh, yeah, there was a, a new kind of mastery around the practice. But it took putting in the reps. It took just showing up not evaluating so much of where is this taking me? Can I do it? I'm not good enough. I have to pump myself up. Nope. Just show up each day for each sit, for each walking meditation and trust the process. So whatever it is that you're working on right now, instead of trying to feel confident around it, and instead of waiting until you have some self-esteem before you can really give yourself over to this, Just start the process and let the mastery develop from there. Eventually, you'll develop some new skill. Eventually, you'll become proficient. And from that place of greater mastery, or at least the byproduct of it, which is this increased sense that you're a being that can move towards your goals by exercising your will, will come this mastery, and then subsequently, that will contribute to a higher self-esteem. So those are my thoughts for now on self-worth, mastery, and how those connect to self-esteem. Again, these thoughts and the research behind self-esteem, this is coming from Scott Barry Kaufman's book, Transcend, The Science of Self-Actualization. Uh, I love this book. I think it should be required reading for all psychology students and also uh, all human students. So if you haven't yet picked it up, please do. Uh, You will not regret it. Uh, And if you are also interested in going deeper into some of Scott's work and his offerings, uh, stay tuned for the announcement because he, uh, he does have an interesting course coming up. And I'll share more about that there. As always, thank you for your practice. You're doing great. Appreciate you bearing with a bit of a longer episode today. I will talk to you soon. And until next time, take care. Okay, before you go, I do want to talk about Scott Barry Kaufman's uh, new course based on his book, Transcend. 
This is an eight-week course that you can learn about by going to scottbarrykaufman.com forward slash course or just type into Google Transcend Scott Barry Kaufman course and it'll show up. I am getting no commission for recommending this. As If you've been listening to this podcast, you do know Scott is a friend of mine, but Scott is a friend of mine because he is one of the most beautiful human beings I know and I'm recommending this course um, because I just love what Scott is doing in the world and what he stands for, his authenticity, and his mind is absolutely brilliant. He's one of the best scientists I know, one of the most humble scientists I know. And uh, this is his first time offering a course like this. And Scott's taught at Columbia uh, and University of Pennsylvania. He's a big-time academic, uh, and there's no way to really get access to in his in-depth teachings um, until now. And he does have a 50% discount on this course um, up until August 1st, 2020, which um, at the day of release of this episode is today. And this was not designed to uh, create a scarcity mindset. I did not realize this discount uh, that he had this discount going on. Um, so if you are listening today, August 1st, you can get a 50% discount for the course. It's $200 over the course of eight weeks. Uh, really high value here. So I uh, can't recommend Scott enough. If you are are interested in learning more, just go to scottbarrykaufman.com. So Scott's S-C-O-T-T, B-A-R-R-Y, K-A-U-F-M-A-N.com forward slash course. And you can see the whole layout of the course and what he has planned. And at the very least, make sure to pick up his book, Transcend the New Science of Self-Actualization. As always, thank you all for your practice. I appreciate you. I'll talk to you soon. And until next time, take care.